Welcome to episode 151 of the Life Over Coffee podcast. I have a question for you. Here it is. Should you waste time with unchanging people? Some people do not change. Some people do not show interest in improving when you talk to them and you wonder if you should continue to meet with them or should you stop? Are you wasting your time? That is the question that I want to walk through in this podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me in my cyber home, rickthomas.net. I'm a cyber missionary. Every day our resources go around the world multiple times through the redemptive use of technology. It is such a huge blessing to be able to serve you, and I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast. And I know that you have questions in addition to this one here. Should you waste time with unchanging people. I'm actually responding to someone who asked this question, and I want to work through it in this podcast. But perhaps you have other questions that you want to talk about that you would like us to interact with. It would be our joy. It would be our privilege to be able to interact with you. All you have to do is go to our website, rickthomas.net, N-E-T. Get on our website. Get your username and password. Make sure you are logged in And if you are logged in, you are good to go. It doesn't matter if you are a supporting member or not. We have a free community forum for anybody in the world. As long as they have access to the Internet, and if they're listening to this podcast, they probably have access to the Internet. If if you are a supporting member, you can go to uh, the private side of our website and talk directly to me and our team. But again, it doesn't matter. Either way, just come and help. We are helping thousands of people every day, and it is our privilege to be able to do that. It is a joy. And again, I thank you for joining me for this podcast, episode 151, Should You Waste Time with Unchanging People. A lady read my article, The Simplest Counseling Advice You Will Ever Receive. And she read a particular quote. Let me share with you a quote from that article. If you want to read the entire article, you're welcome to do that. I have it linked here in the episode 151 show notes. But here's the quote that she read, and it really got her thinking. And and she wrote a, a long commentary with questions embedded, and I'm going to share what she wrote with you. But here's what here's the thing that stood out to her. I said... In the article, The Simplest Counseling Advice You'll Ever Receive, I said, discerning whether a person is a Christian must be the first place you began your soul care endeavors. If you don't, you will be laying your wise counsel on top of a powerless individual who will only be able to change according to his old self-reliant methods, end quote. Now, what I'm talking about here is that anybody can change in the short term, Anybody can create seven habits for whatever. Anybody can make New Year's resolutions and turn over new leaves. But if you want to change in a long-term, effectual way, the only way that you can do that is to be regenerated, meaning you have to be a Christian. Jesus was very clear in John 15. Without me, you can do nothing. I mean, that is pretty clear that we need a greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. 
and the he that is in us is God Almighty. And without the power of God in us, we will not be able to change effectually, long-term, in a sustainable way. Now, as I said, everybody can change to varying degrees, but we're talking about internal transformation by the power of God to where you don't go back. That only happens if you are a Christian, and that is why I said discerning whether they are a Christian must be at the top of your list when you're helping a person. But then when this lady read that quote, here's what she said. So I'm going to read to you everything that she said, and then I'm going to go back to the top and start working through all of her thoughts and questions. The lady said, quote, excellent article, the simplest counseling advice you'll ever receive as a whole. But the quote above that I just read to you especially struck a chord with me. I understand when lost people come into my office, they are there for the word, and I have seen the transformation into becoming a Christian. But sometimes I don't see them changing, so I've tried to still share that wisdom with them. But you're right, it just doesn't take with some of them. Most of the time, I keep plugging along, hoping and praying for their salvation. But then I question myself, am I doing the right thing to continue seeing them at this point in their life? That is a tension that I sometimes face, and I pray about what to do. It's discouraging, and I wonder if I am wasting our time and their money. Also, is it helping them to be in the counseling relationship, or am I standing in the way of their genuinely reaching the end of themselves to look to God? What I always come back to is that God is sovereign. I wait for Him to either leave them in counseling or remove them. In other words, I don't decide to stop seeing this type of counselee. I wait. But it's tough, and some of the biggest struggles I've had as a counselor has been over this issue. Again, if you want to, end quote, by the way, again, if you want to talk about this, if you have questions about this, please write in, get on our forums, and let's talk about it. That's what we do. That's one of the reasons that we are here to serve you, and you can determine if we serve you or not by coming to our website and asking your question. All right, I want to get into it with because she had a lot of good thoughts. There's a conundrum that she was definitely communicating as well as a tension. When do I continue and when do I not continue? Well, let's talk about this idea of salvation, whether a person is saved before we get into what she said, because you you do have to discern that as much as you can discern that when you are helping someone. Now, I realize that determining whether a person is saved or not is subjective at best, because the truth is none of us know absolutely, objectively, if the person that you're talking to is a Christian, no matter what they say. You can't be 100% 
assure that the person that you're talking to has been born a second time. So it is a subjective assessment. And we want to make sure that we hold our assessments loosely. I would be careful about being dogmatic about whether a person is saved or lost. Just if you have an opinion on it, you hold it loosely. But that that caveat that I just gave you should not deter you from trying to discern Because what you want to do is you want to determine your starting point with the individual that you're meeting with. Let's say, for the sake of this podcast, that you're meeting with an individual who objectively loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. They're transforming daily into Christ-likeness, and they're stuck on some kind of issue. They have some kind of relational dust-up with another individual in church. Well, you know that they love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and so you're going to counsel them in a a particular way. You'll even use Bible language and theological terms and illustrations that will connect to them, and, and you're working from the assumption that they have the power resident within them to change, and you're really acting in faith because you know that God is all up in this and he's going to bring this to a good end because that's what he teaches in Philippians 1.6, that which he has begun, he's going to complete. And so you just move along with the process. And then you have another person who really is not interested in God, has never been interested in God, doesn't know virtually anything about the Bible. And as far as you can tell, and for the sake of this podcast, they are not born again. They could not, that individual could not be farther from the first person that I have described. Now, what I'm teaching here is that you want to find your starting point because the starting point that you take with an individual will determine how you are going to proceed. And I'll say it one last time. All of this is subjective. You cannot know in the most ultimate way, but you can discern. God has given you the gift to discern, and and you will be able to discern in some way as to where you are and who this person is, and that will begin your starting point. It is critical. You don't want to make foolish assumptions about someone thinking that they are what they are not. Because here's what happens with some people. And we can, like say a family member and, and we can, or a good friend in church, let's say, and we can just assume and kick our minds in neutral and just assume that this person loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength without asking some questions and interacting with them in the way that we should to really determine where this person is as far as their spiritual maturity is concerned. We can just make assumptions, especially with church people, and you don't want to do that. And so my point here is you want to find your starting point before you ever begin, because that's going to determine how you're going to go about uh, helping this person. Now, let's say that the person is unregenerate. One of the things that I appreciate about, there's many things that I appreciate about what this lady is saying, but one of the things that I appreciate about what she's saying is that she's counseling lost people with God's word, because there's some people who teach that you can't help an unregenerate person with God's word. And that is really unwise for anybody to say that. And it's definitely unhelpful because you can help unregenerate people. And I know, I know, I know what they're saying. The natural person cannot discern the things of the spirit of God because they're, they're spiritually discerned, cannot understand things of the spirit of God because they're spiritually discerned. I understand that, but God's word can be effective in somebody's life because God's word is full of principles concepts, 
ideas. I mean, these same unregenerate people go to Amazon and pull out, pull down self-help books. They go to the local bookstore and they get these self-help books. It has principles, concepts, ideas in them. They read them and, and they begin to make some kind of transformation as limited as it may be. Well, a wise counselor can do exactly what this lady's doing. You can take God's word and you can communicate. And again, that's why knowing your starting point with the individual is so critical. And then you customize your soul care using God's word. And it doesn't matter in the context of what I'm speaking here, whether they're born again or not. What matters is, is do you know where they are? And that is where you began. Jesus obviously was the master at taking God's word, the Old Testament, in his case, he could take the Old Testament and talk to the rich young ruler about it, the woman at the well, Zacchaeus, Nicodemus. There was a load of people, load of lost people that he would talk to, and he would paraphrase, customize. He would speak to them in a way that they could understand using ideas, principles, and concepts from God's Word. And that is exactly what this lady is doing, and it is commendable. But then she says... But sometimes I don't see them changing. Well, yeah, that, that will be true, and I can imagine it's, it's quite true. She says, I, I've tried to still share that wisdom with them, but with some of them it just doesn't take. Most of the time I keep plugging along, hoping and praying for their salvation. This reminds me of the story of the prodigal son in Luke, 11, Luke 15. The section that I'm referring to out of Luke 15 is verses 11 through 17. There is an element of mystery here with the prodigal son. You know the story. In verses 11 and 12, he asks his dad for the money, so that so his inheritance, so that he can go and just live a rebellious lifestyle. And you, and you know the story. The dad gave him the money, and the boy just took off. So in verse 13, he got his money now, in 11 and 12. Verse 13 of Luke 15, he just... He takes off and he flies high, wide, and far. And he continues his heinous lifestyle. Verse 13, 14, 15, 16. And then in verse 17, it says, He came to his senses. He face planted in the hog lot. The light came on. And he began to think about what he had been doing and what he needs to do, and he repented. Well, here's the element of mystery that I'm talking about. When you meet with somebody like this who's unregenerate, as this lady is talking about, you don't know if they're just getting started in their heinous lifestyle or if they're coming to the end. You don't know that. God doesn't reveal that information to you. There's an element of mystery here. Your job is to faithfully water and plant. It is God that gives the growth. And I know I know what the tension is. It's like, is this person in verse 13, and I'm going to meet with them for the next 10 years until they get to the hog lot? That's an excellent question to think about. Or is this person in verse 16, and they're about a half a minute away from face planting? Now, that would be glorious if they face planted, and then you begin to disciple them at that point. The easiest person in the New Testament disciples the prodigal son at, at Luke 15, 17. 
Because once he hit the hog lot and the light came on, man, you could just wind him up and off. He's going to do everything that you want him to do. But you never know. Are, are they just getting going here? Are they about to wrap up their heinous lifestyle? Now, your job is to faithfully water and plant. That's all you can do. It's God that's giving the growth. And, and you don't know if God's going to give the growth today or 10 years from now. And this is where this lady said, I questioned myself. Am I doing the right thing to continue seeing them at this point in their life? That is a wonderful it's a caring. It is a reflective question that we all should give our time to thinking about. She says, that is the tension that I somewhat face, and I pray about what to do. It is discouraging. Now, here's the heart of the podcast. Again, it's episode 151. Should you waste time with unchanging people, here is my answer. It depends. It depends. There is no absolute one way, one answer for this question. Every person that you meet will be different. You never do cookie-cutter discipleship. Each person is unique. Each person has a narrative that God is writing, and you want to enter into that narrative as you're cooperating with God, trying to discern what is the best way to go with this individual. What I'm talking about here is the pneumatic element of discipleship, pneumatic, pneumatological, walking in the Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. There is an illumination factor here that you have to discern. God, what would you have me to do with this person? Now, seeing an individual one time, well, that's almost always, not always, but almost always, definitely okay, because you have the opportunity to water and plant. I would say maybe 90, 95% of the time is okay. I mean, if there was something pressing in your life that was more important than that situation, then you would have to respond to that more pressing thing and you would not see the person even the first time. But in most cases, it is, it's okay to see the person. But the issue then becomes, how long should you continue meeting with a person who is not changing or shows no interest in improving? Well, one of the things that I have to ask is, what does this person want? Do they want to just meet with me because they like me, or maybe you're the kind of person that offers a breath of fresh air in their chaotic life, and they just like being with you, maybe like watching a TV show. It's just an escape from reality. They just want your attention, but they don't want your care. That is a determining factor for me. In fact, when I meet with counselees, that's one of the things. And the reason for me is because I have literally thousands of people that come to us every month asking for something. People come to our website. Now, most of them take care of themselves because we build a sanctification warehouse, and I don't ever see these people. 
They're receiving my care, but I do not know who they are because they never ask me anything. But then I have another load of people. Out of those thousands who come, there's a large group of people who are asking me things, and I have to determine, I mean, what do they want? Did they just want to talk or did they want to receive my care? Now, you have to determine that as well. And if you have more people than you can possibly care for, then you're going to have to create an order of priority. Jesus did that even when he turned his mother and his brother away. Who is my mother? Who is my brother? It's those who are doing the will of God. And so within your group of people who are pressing in for your time, some of them are doing the will of God or trying to do the will of God. And then others really don't care. So do they just want your attention because you're a fabulous preacher like Jesus was? Or do they legitimately want your care? And so you'll have to stack up priority. And if it comes to the point to where you have more people that are pressing in on you than you can possibly care for, well, then maybe you need to stop caring for those who don't want you to receive your care. Because this type of situation becomes a stewardship issue at this point. Are you stewarding? It's God's time. And so when I say that the title of this podcast is episode 151, Should You Waste Time with Unchanging People? The time that we're talking about here is God's time. You are a a steward of God's time as he is working in your life. And so you want to steward the time, that his time that he is giving you. Now, the way that I think about that is I do have an order of priority of things that uh, are important to me and things that will be more important than the people who come to me. Let me give you my short list. The first thing and the most important thing is me. I have a responsibility to take care of myself physically and spiritually. If I'm not taking care of myself spiritually and physically, then I'm going to eventually be disqualified from helping anyone period. And so the question that I would ask a person like this who's helping individuals, trying to help people, including people who aren't interested in changing, are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of yourself spiritually? Are you taking care of yourself physically? And then the second thing that comes, the thing that comes next is, are you taking care of your family if you have a family? Now, a family is minimally Your spouse, if you are married, you have a family, you and your spouse. Are you more focused on your family than these people who may or may not be changing? And then if you have children, then you have a larger family, more than your spouse. Are you taking care of them? And so the two most important questions, are you taking care of yourself spiritually than physically? Are you taking care of your family, your spouse, and maybe children if you have them And then the third thing, are there other people who want change who are trying to see you? This is the Jesus illustration that I was sharing earlier. He had a lot of people that were trying to get in on his time. And that's what I have in my life, and I have to discern. And so I look at those who are trying to do the will of God. They are hot. They are now. They are here. They are pressing, and they really want to change where they're going to get my best time outside of my family and outside, of course, taking care of myself. For me, it would be my mastermind students. These are the people who have truly committed to me in the most significant way. 
They come to me and they want to be trained as leaders, disciplers, counselors, and they're committed to the process, then I commit myself to them. There are other people, members of our website. They're paying. They're supporting this ministry. They come before everybody else, everybody but me, my family, and my mastermind students. But that's how I rank. Now, if I have time, then I continue to meet with people, as many people as I possibly can. And so are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of your family? Are you taking care of those who are who are ready and, and seeking to do the will of God? And then the fourth question is, are you in faith? Are you in faith to continue to meet with these people? The in faith question is a Romans 1423 question. Paul said, whatever is not in faith is sin. I'm not going to unpack that here, but I have an article here in the in these show notes, episode 151, that you're welcome to read on how to make a biblical decision. Now, once you work through the things that I have outlined thus far, this idea of standing in the way, that's not the best way to frame this because you come back and say, well, here's what you said. You, you said, also, is it helping them to be in the counseling relationship with me, or am I standing in the way of their genuinely reaching the end of themselves to look to God? And then you say, what I always come back to is that God is sovereign. Sovereign. No, you're not standing in the way. You're, you're not, the, because God is sovereign in the most theologically technical sense. You can't stand in the way because God is sovereign. Oh, you can make mistakes. Maybe if you look in the rearview mirror, you say, I should have met with them three times more. I should have met with them three times less. You may hinder this. You may make a mistake. You may say the wrong thing. Every counselor in the world who has offered any kind of counsel, has made mistakes because that's what we do. Now, I'm not making a case for making mistakes, but we're not going to do it perfectly. But this is where we rest. God is sovereign. Now, it's not a call to be sloppy, but with the lady that's writing here, she's not going to presume on God's grace. She's not going to be sloppy. She's not going to be intentionally just blowing things up. That's not the tone of, of what she's writing here, and I have no concern about that whatsoever. If she makes a mistake, she's, she will err on the side of overcaring, not undercaring. She will err on the side of caring too much. But still yet, God is sovereign, and ultimately, that's where you want to rest. You have a responsibility to do your part. I hope this podcast helped to walk through how to shuffle through some of this or sift through some of this idea of responsibility and your role in the process of, of caring for an individual. Perhaps you do need to learn to say no and just let it go and trust God, maybe you do need to work more with another individual. But if you have a unique situation that you want to talk about, uh, that you want to interact more with, then I would encourage you to come to our website and to ask that question. I also would ask you to watch this 10-minute video in the show notes in episode 151. It talks about this idea of over-responsibility. It takes the idea of what am I to entrust to God 
what do I let him do? That's not the best way to say that, but anyhow, what do I entrust to God? And then what is my responsibility? What am I to do? This 10-minute video walks through that, and that will be beneficial to you. But perhaps you want to get on the website and you want to ask a more detailed question of me, and I would encourage you to do that as well. And so go to rickthomas.net. Make sure you have a username and password, which is free, by the way. There's no charge to get that. Uh, just like Facebook, you just sign up, basically, and then you're in forever. And then you can ask whatever questions that you want to ask, and I would be glad to help you walk through this idea. Episode 151, Should You Waste Time with Unchanging People? Well, the answer is it depends on the person that you are working with. It also depends on all your other responsibilities that you're interacting with. Perhaps you need to let them go. But then it does become a, a pneumatic issue where God will release you in your heart from this uh, person that you're meeting with, and you may just want to cease the counseling at this point. One of the things that you can do, and I would recommend this with almost everyone that you meet, is that you can still care for them even though you're not interacting with them any longer or on a weekly basis. And you can do that by giving them a good book, giving them a resource like our website, give them online sermons that they can listen to. There's other ways to provide care for people without them being directly in front of you. It's one of the wonderful things about our ministry. As I said earlier, we meet with tens of thousands of people. But one of the reasons we can do that is because we have all these resources. So I hope this helps, answers your question. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.